Hey, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes? One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. And that's a hole we can fill. So get in the storm cellar. It's time for... I never saw that. Micah, there was no urgency at all in that get in the storm cellar that you just did. And like, that does not fit the movie that we well, watched. Well, it does because it the movie's old and now we have an early warning system. So it's there's no urgency. It's just like, hey, there's a twister coming. Hey, get coming. in the storm cellar. Yeah, let's get in the storm cellar, guys. We got plenty of time because these scientists figured out how to map a tornado in the 90s. This week we watched Twister. Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, directed by Jan DeBont. Does that sound familiar, Jen? No. It should, because he directed Speed. That's cool. Which we just watched not too long ago. Um, Great movie. I'm just going to say, I'm not saying best movie. Like, it's not Cool Runnings level or anything, Micah, but... Okay. It was pretty, pretty great. I believe I said these words to you before we started watching this film. I said, I did see this movie. Yeah. I hated this you movie. You said, no, I have it written in my oh, notes. Oh, good, good. You said, I remember hating this movie. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to say, I think I was wrong because I enjoyed watching this movie much more than I thought. Although, you know, the key to happiness is low, low expectations. expectations that's correct so i had very low expectations yeah. going in i thought the special effects and the cgi stuff was gonna look real bad because i remember yeah. it looking real bad but it looked pretty good i don't know i mean um to me it looked it looked fine i didn't i mean the cow with it. i mean floating I, in front of the yeah, truck looks just silly. like all the cows i've seen in real life floating by it's silly there's some silly wind. stuff in it but like it's an action movie from the 90s it's it's um it's not like it's supposed to be, well, maybe it was supposed to be, but I I went into it knowing there was no way it was going to be 100% believable. So right. knowing that, it was quite enjoyable So me. yeah, Twister is the next in our summer blockbuster series that we're doing. And this one is, it's um quite thin on plot. <laughs> yes, which I much appreciated because last week I could not follow the plot. And this week I turned to Micah and I was like... I'm following the shit out of this. Yeah, there's a tiny bit of plot in there, but mostly it's storm, go. Storm, run, go. Windy. Oh, ex-wife, love. New wife, new uh, fiance, not love. Go. Need divorce, signed papers. Oh, big storms? Cool, thanks. Philip Seymour Hoffman, pervert. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, they... He played such a good pervert. They subscribe to the... Um, tell don't show yes theory of exposition yes. where instead of building up knowledge through showing us what's happening or who these characters are they just tell us with one line really quickly mm -hmm. and then they all jump in the truck and drive after a storm that's or it actually into a storm it's all action all the time baby yeah real quick they got into it yeah i i have no complaints about that i have so, maybe some other complaints but mostly what? Before we get into it anymore, why don't we do something else that I know you're always looking yes, forward to? Yes, let's do our, let's do, uh, let's play Batgammon. All right, you're you're playing coy, but you know what it is, Jen. I don't. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. See you in the funny papers. So this week we've got, yet let me guess, you got a real treat for me this week. Yeah, I do. You know I do. <laughs> so this is a comic I've been um, inexplicably wanting to do for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and I found it. It's called uh, Geech. Have you ever heard of Geech? No. <laughs> I think this might be the first one I've never heard of. <laughs> so I, you'd probably recognize it. It was syndicated. It was carried in a lot of newspapers. Um, it is usually starring the titular character of Geech Dingham. <laughs> But he's not in this one. Um, Is I don't it like know a the... cat? Nope, that's a person. No. He's like this lazy, um, accident-prone mechanic dude who works in a shop in the town of Grimace, Texas. 
Grimace? Grimace. That's yeah. a real town? No, I don't think so. Oh. I think it's made up for this comic strip. So today on Geech, we have uh, three panels and two characters. Okay. Super. Today's Geech is from September 28th, 1994. Which means uh, going back in time, I would have been in Montana for a month and a half at this point. And you know what they say. That's about, you know, a month and a half is about when Geech sickness starts to set in, like homesickness. You start missing the Geech. So I've this ne- is perfect. I, I've never. This is probably when you were like, you woke up in the morning, you're like, oh my God, I have no idea what's going on in Grimace, Texas. Yeah. I miss my Geech. It sounds dirty. All right, two characters, three panels. I would love to kick you in the geech. (laughs) I would not love that, I don't think. (laughs) I don't know. Um, (laughs) We have two characters here. One is, uh, he is the town barber, and I I did look up his name, but I'm not going to do it again, and I didn't write it down. I mean, listen, it doesn't really matter (laughs) what a geech is. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want to be kicked Nobody wants in? to be kicked. Nothing. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to be kicked. That's true. And so that's what's so funny. Can you focus, Jen? We're trying to get I through cannot. the important part of I've had a little bit of wine here. this evening. Okay. Well, good. Maybe that'll help you understand what the fuck is happening in this comic, because mm, I don't know. Okay. Okay, so there are two people standing talking. One has large glasses. He's very short. He has a towel over his arm, and there's a big black leather chair next to him. So he's the town barber, I'm guessing. Oh. Um, And he's standing there talking to a man who came in who has a jacket and a toolbox in his hand. Is that Geech? No, Geech isn't in this one, Jen. Oh, you said that? Did you say that already? Geech Uh, does not appear in this one. Well, why would you choose one? Why would you choose a Geech where Geech does not appear? Because just wait for for the funny line at the end. Okay, ready? So the man that just walked in is bald. He has that typical, as I talk about all the time, just the ring of hair on the bottom. Big old honker of a nose, big ears, big head. He's a big man. He's got a toolbox in his hand. And we're seeing him from like kind of behind and we're looking more straight on to the Mm -hmm. the small barber man. Sure. Um, So he walks into the barbershop and he says, I understand you have a plumbing problem. And the barber replies, well, I get up a lot at night, but it's no problem. Okay. Next next panel, um, it's just the face of the plumber man. And he's got like a plumber's face. He's what you think of, like picture a plumber, that's this guy's face. That doesn't make any sense to just me. Just kind of round and bald and big dude. Um, and When I picture a plumber, I picture ass crack and that's it. Okay, well look up, you know, their eyes are up here, Jen. <laughs> um, mm. And we're just, it's a tight shot on his face and it says... You didn't call for a plumber? Third panel, ready? I'm so ready. Now we're looking over the shoulder, kind of like sideways on the barber man, and we're looking right at the plumber, okay? Sure. And the barber replies, I've never been in that much of a hurry. What? Yep. I'm sorry. You're going to have to, I hate to do this to the listeners, but you're going to have to go through it again because I don't. So the plumber comes in and says, I understand you have a plumbing problem. Right. The barber replies, well, I get up a lot at night, but it's no problem. Okay. And the plumber says, you didn't call for a plumber? And the barber says, I've never been in that much of a hurry. Again. Did that I, help? You're going to have to go through it again. Did I that clear anything don't up? understand. I I'm don't, not going through it again. I don't fucking understand at all. I don't know that I'm sure either. That's kind of why I picked this one, because it was just... I think it's a big miss. Um, yeah, like today usually when you're like, hey, maybe you can help me figure out what the punchline is, I can come up with something. And this is like, I'm, it's a complete mystery to me. I don't get, like, so where's think, the joke? I think what Jerry Biddle was going for, he's the <laughs> artist. <laughs> um, I think all I can figure out is that the, the barber at the end is referring to himself not being in a hurry. Like he wouldn't need a plumber to clear things out of his body, like a plumber to, like, he's never Boy, that, been in that much of a hurry to go to the that bathroom. That sure is a stretch. Why is it the barber? Is the, it, so, he's just a character in the... Okay, wait. So the plumber comes to the barber shop, is what you're saying? Yes. So, yeah. Let, don't think about the backstory or what scenario brought this on, because it doesn't make any sense. He didn't call for a plumber. Okay, yeah, but he shows up at the barber shop. Right. So the guy. So, obviously, the barber lives in the barber shop, because he said... Like, why would he come to the barbershop 
if that was not where the plumbing problem was. And he said, I get up a lot at night. I don't know. You the, know well, what I'm he didn't call for a plumber. So I think, okay. I think well, he was like swatted and sent a plumber, you know? It's like a prank that people do and they, they call a plumber and send him to your house. I don't think that's a thing. No? I Maybe don't. Maybe in Grimace, I, Texas it is. Micah, I don't understand. We have to I figure it out. No, we have to figure this out. Maybe our loyal listeners can help because some no. of them actually like comics. And so they'll they'll be able to read it and understand. And I'll post it on the on our website so you can look at it there. Um, I mean, that's Jen cool, can't. but I ha- I really want to figure this out, like, right now. I've never been in that much of a hurry, like, to get to the bathroom. No, I think to go that to the sense. bathroom. Like, but a plumber can't help with that. that also doesn't make sense. No, you're right, but it's the only thing I can think of that he could be referring to. I've never been in that much of a hurry to call a plumber, like, okay, like the like like, the pipes are clogged. But he's not in a big hurry, so it's fine. Maybe. I mean, I but that's know. still not a joke. No, there's no. That's still that not a mean joke. Anything. There's no joke. I don't. I'm. There's no plumbing problem. I've there's never no joke. been as baffled by this segment as I am right now. Yeah, I. It's almost as if I cut off the next part of the panel, but I didn't. It, that's just <gasps> it. Are you sure? I'm positive. I checked. I double checked because <laughs> I read it and was Maybe. like, "What? <laughs> no." I don't understand. I hate this. I hate this. Well, that's Geech for you. <laughs> See you in the funny paper soon. So, Jen, let's start talking about uh, Twister. Okay, but just, I'm going to be thinking about that Geech this whole time. That's that's how Geech getcha. <laughs> getcha? That's how Geech getcha. <laughs> Yeah, no, let's talk about Twister. Okay, so let's start with the prologue, because I know you love prologues. Why do you keep saying that? I don't, (laughs) there's no prologue. It's just part of the movie. So it starts in June 1969. I remember. And there's a young girl named Jo, Uh and they're a a Twister coming. (laughs) So two adult people who Mm -hmm. we assume are her mom and dad, but we're not positive. You'll hear about that later. Two adult people, a man and a woman, uh, run, get her up out of bed, run across their property to the storm cellar, which uh-huh. they get in the storm cellar. Bad design. Put just put well, the storm cellar like under this, your house. That's just where storm cellars so are. Build the house next to Have the storm you not, cellar. Don't you not remember Wizard of Oz? Same thing. Okay. Don't like it though. Bad planning. Well, it's clearly designed that way for a reason. So they run to the storm cellar. Um, they forget the dog, but they go back and let the dog out. They the do. Dog Thank God. I was really about to be upset. And they all go down there and the twister comes and the door is just the storm cellar door, which you would think you'd want that to be a secure door. Mm-hmm. It's just held on with one of those little slide locks. Mm-hmm. Just one little one. Sure. And it's banging around. And so the dad runs up the stairs and holds it down with his arm. With yeah. his, he just grabs it with his hand and thinks this is going to help. Meanwhile, well, his family, which is the just... dog and the daughter and the mom, are behind a shelf, next to a shelf, not even hiding behind anything, an open shelf uh-huh. away from the door, and they're going to be fine. But he's holding the door, and guess what happens? He gets sucked up right in that tornado. He gets sucked, yeah. sucked right up in there. Door gets ripped off. And he's like, He Whoa! gets taken out. And, and they're like, no. Yeah, they're they're so fine that Joe, the little girl, runs toward him and then is pulled back by her mom. Uh-huh. And that's well, okay. By someone. They're fine. So Yeah, he didn't need to be holding the door is the, the bottom line. Just stood there could, they could too? have just be been hiding further back in the storm cellar and the roof could have blown off and they would have been fine. Apparently. Uh but you know, dudes gotta be big heroes. And so this dude had to be a big fucking hero. And he got he sacrificed his life to be a hero. Well, something now, I learned watching this movie, and that was not the first instance of this, um, which he didn't have the benefit of watching this film, so he wouldn't know this. That's a good but point. But you can be in a twister. That's a really, 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 really good point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can be in a twister driving a car. Yeah. And a cow or yeah. a boat sure. or a whole fucking semi <laughs> with a tanker on it <laughs> right. can fly by yeah. you. Yeah. 
And you still don't and get touch picked you, up. <laughs> and you're fine. Because yeah. you're driving. Yeah. It's a Dodge Ram. Yeah. So it's cool. It's heavy. And it's a I, heavy truck. I looked up, um, as I do, I did a little research, and I, I just wanted to read some comments about Twister. Some comments. like reviews, like, like comments on, on Reddit and on other websites where people wrote articles about <laughs> okay. Twister and that people commented on that. And other people, I knew this was going to happen and I was just were waiting they, for were it. Were they I like mansplained so why it was they possible? They were like, well, that's how Twisters can be. They can go right up and pick one house up and leave all the whole rest of the neighborhood just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, that yes, is true. We understand that. That's not what we're talking about. Have you seen the movie? A cow flies around the truck. No, like, it doesn't. It flies past the truck. Okay, it flies past it twice. Yeah, it does not go around it. The, they're not. I assumed it went around it because uh, well, it goes around do. it. it they goes do get in stuck front of it in twice. the middle of it at one point, and they just turn around and around. That did happen. So is that, that was, the part with the cow? That was one time where there was an effect on the vehicle driving toward the tornado. Many other times, huge things much bigger than the truck flew past them, and the truck just kept driving like nothing was happening. <laughs> okay, so the plot is this. The Helen Hunt is a scientist. Okay, okay. Yeah, so right after that, we go back to present day. Right after Daddy gets yeah. sucked up. We right. go, it says present day. Yeah. and Which Micah was so confused by because he was thinking present day meant 2022. Yeah, so if it's 2022, why, are they, why do they keep talking about Bill Paxton's brand new truck that he just bought? Yeah. And it's like a 1990s Dodge Ram. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. I'm just saying, filmmakers... Don't put present day. Actually, that because is that is actually true. That doesn't work. It doesn't work outside of it doesn't work the month after the immediately movie immediately after is released. you release the movie. That is actually a very good point. That's a very good point. Except that, I mean, most movies don't have like a year that they project on the screen. Right? It's just you're just assuming that it is present day. A lot of movies that movie was, when they do the flash know, forward put a year I, on. No, no, no. I'm saying movies without a flash forward that just take place in the whatever the now is, yeah. and you just know that it's the now. And if you're watching a movie that was made in the 90s, you have an understanding that it's in the 90s. You know I when mean, it came out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so... But when it, is, when it explicitly tells you present day, <laughs> then I'm you're bound to that. And you just fucking <laughs> lied to me. Okay. So, so we could do the plot real quick. Oh, let's do it real quick. Okay. Should so, we bounce off each other? Like bing, bam, boom? Maybe. Like you I'm going to go, go back a little bit and give no. a little backstory. Oh, so God. once upon a time, there were some scientists that worked in a lab. And um, two of them ended up getting married, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. And yeah. one of them. And their names are Joe and. Bill. Bill. Yep. He yep. always just goes by Bill because he can't respond to anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bill and Joe get married. The other one, Jonas, Jonah or Jonas? Anyway, Carrie Elwes, um, he has no instincts and doesn't care about the science and only cares about the money. So he sells out uh, to the corporate interests. And they literally say uh, that line. We all started out in the same lab that Jonas went out and got himself some corporate sponsors. He's in it for the money, not the science. It's so good. He doesn't care about the science. (laughs) And then they keep showing. And that's showing... when I was so grateful for them just just spelling that out for me. Yeah, they keep showing their big black trucks that Jonas's team has, and they have a big motorhome that's like clearly a '70s motorhome, like one of those space age looking ones. <laughs> and that's like their top of the line cool thing in the '90s. But they keep showing. It says like Oklahoma State University or Is something this your on quick it. Quick plot. Yeah, um, and I just want to point out that Oklahoma State University or whatever fictional college it is that they put on the side is not a corporate interest like most researchers don't work in a lab like in their basement they work for a university or something Mm -hmm. that gives them funding they never explain the lab that they used to work for or how they got their money but it didn't appear to me it's not like he had a taco bell shirt on he didn't seem like a sellout to corporate interest And I don't know of any corporations that are funding Twister research. Helen Hunt gets grant money. They're out. They're almost out of grant money. They yeah. say at one point, so they're getting yeah. grants. Right. So you're wrong. They did say where they get the money. Okay, but my point stands. Your point is they're not these big corporate. They're working for a university. But yeah, I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, but the what... point is that he's not 
He's not good at He's doing it for science. the notoriety and maybe not the money, yeah. but he does say the money, so maybe they're giving him a bunch of money. I don't know. So, it, it doesn't really matter. So Bill and Joe were married. Uh, they're in the process of getting divorced. Bill shows up again, and it just happens to be on the day of the most storms in 12 years, like the biggest tornado day ever. He shows up, Joe's team is hunting tornadoes, and he just wants Joe to sign divorce papers because he's getting remarried to Jamie Gertz. What's the urgent urgency? Act like you're getting married. I am. Who, this poor woman. Which, another question I have, why didn't he just stay married to Joe and marry her? He does that all the time, Bill Paxton. Just marry the other woman, oh, too. Oh, right, because of Big Love. That's they funny. They could live in houses next to each Bill other. Was his Bill in Big Love Probably. also? I'm trying to remember. I think it might have been. I think his name is Bill in that, too. I think he's like a Tony Danza type, where he just has to have his first name. Be the I also think name. that he did something to his teeth after this movie, because his teeth looked different to me, and it was distracting only because I think he did something to his teeth after this movie. It's sort of like last week with Tom Cruise. And that's Orthodontist Minute with <laughs> I Never Saw That. Sponsored okay. by Teeth Smile. All right. We're sellouts. Okay. So you haven't gotten anywhere with a plot. And you said you were going to do a really quick plot. Well, I'm working on it. So that's <laughs> pretty much it, though. They just all, mine... like, chase storms. And they, Bill and Joe came up with this design where they want to put an instrument pack up in a tornado. Named Dorothy. They named it Dorothy. Clever. I see where you're going with Get this. It. Um, and they have inside their instrument pack, it's just like a round drum, like an old washing machine type thing. And it has a whole bunch of little balls in it that are sensors. <laughs> Jonas balls. also stole their design and he has a little instrument pack, but inside his, all the sensors are cubes. Oh. So the two, the two crews like clash outside a milkshake shop or something and they fight and... <laughs> It's, it's like it's you stole really my dumb. idea, you son it's of a so bitch. It's so stupid. They're... And and Alan Ruck says, "He's a corporate kiss butt, man. He's a corporate kiss butt." Oh my god, that's the point when I wrote down, "Was this censored?" And then you said, "Got to keep Was that this G rating." G? <laughs> what the fuck? He's a corporate kiss kiss butt. Yep. I've never even heard that. It's kiss ass. Like it was weird. So they're racing yeah. to try to. They're both trying to get the get the get their sensor sucked up. Well, yeah, right. But they're both. I mean, Carrie Elvis is in it for the name. He wants his name to be important, and so do they. Really, like Helen Hunt and yeah, but Helen whatever. Hunt. They want they want the credit for the work that they did. And but that's Helen Hunt why wants fighting. Helen Hunt wants there to be an early warning system. So well, that's right, the whole thing. Because her daddy her got dad pulled died. up into the. Okay, so okay, right. So that's it. He doesn't get married to uh, what's her name, Melissa. Who um, this poor woman, nice woman. She's a therapist. She's a totally normal person. She gets drug along on this adventure on this crazy storm day, and um, then finally loses it at one point and tells him. She tells Bill Paxton probably the funniest line of the whole movie. She says, "You know when you used to tell me that you chase tornadoes." Deep down, I always just thought it was a metaphor. Shh. <laughs> I lost it. That was so funny. It's so good. But she also tells Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, you're all crazy. You know that, right? And she's absolutely right. I mean. And her character is supposed to be the, like, uptight right, but trope I, a little bit. I did bit. feel like. like. But they are all super crazy. Yeah, I didn't feel that much um, that way in the end. In the beginning, I was like, oh, great. They're going to make her the bitchy character right. that like you root against. But it wasn't really like that. It was just like, they're not a good match. He's a good match with Joe because this is what he loves to do. So anyway, they end up not together. He and Joe get back together. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what I learned from the movie is near-death experiences can fix any relationship problem. Absolutely true. And so uh, they chase storms. There's a storm five, uh, level five. An F5. Yeah, I said it. And it, that's the biggest storm there can be. And there's another one, which is the one that pulled the daddy out at the beginning. And so there's another one and they have to do their thing with that. And they almost die. They don't die. But here's the thing. There's an aunt, Aunt Meg. Okay? Yes. She plays, she's a pivotal role in this movie, though I don't understand why. She lives in She Wakita. lives nearby. Yeah. 
they all know her. The whole crew knows her. Mm-hmm. They go to her house. She feeds them steak and eggs. I don't know how she has this much fucking steak and eggs. Well, they talk about that. Uh, well, sort she of. has cows. They say, where'd she you get cows. all this beef? And she's like, did you see my cows out front? No. Oh. 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 <laughs> it's whatever. But still, it's a ton so of. So clever. It's still a lot of steak and eggs to have in your house. Cows are big, Jen. Did you not see the one that flew in front of the truck? Point is... Aunt Meg is important. They go to visit her. Clearly, Joe is very close to her. Also, she has a dog, but it's definitely not the same dog from the beginning. No, it's a different breed. So, and it's like 30 years later. What doesn't make any sense that they... This is... Okay. They I never feel, mention it or address as it As I say at all. in a lot of these, I feel like it feels like there was part of this that was cut that explained... The fact that her she was raised by her aunt and uncle, even though the dog part doesn't make sense because it's a different dog. Yeah, the director's cut explains this all, I'm sure. I it, It's four hours long. Because there's no mention of her having a mom. Joe, come on. What is it, Mom? Come on, sweetie, let's get up. Or dad. Daddy, Daddy, Toby's still outside. Or uncle. It's just suddenly there's an aunt. Aunt Meg. Who's yep. really important. And then the tornado hits her house and they're like, oh my God, we have to go save her. And it's this big It could have just thing. been her mom. And it would have required no changes exactly. to the script. Exactly. And that's what I don't. It was really weird. That's why I think it was a cut. And they were just like, ah, fucking leave it. Who cares? It'll just be like an aunt she cares about. Nobody cares. But it was what uh, was the biggest hang up for me. Like show mom dying at the beginning or something. So that she was raised by Aunt Meg and it explains why she's so close to her or just say... Or you don't even have to show that. You just have to say... She moved to Chicago. No, you don't have to say anything about the mom and dad. You just at the beginning have to say, Aunt... She As a kid, she has to say, Aunt Meg, what's going on? Or something. So that you know she's raised by her aunt and uncle. You don't have to explain it. You just but, have to make clear that that's what's happening. I don't think it was. I think it was her parents because she's, but that's she's, stupid, they called then. him dad, I think. Daddy, daddy, Toby's still this is then it's stupid i could be wrong but yeah it was not explained well it was weird why wouldn't her mom be in the picture then come on honey scared joe mama's got you mama's got you and why would it be her aunt that she cares about i i think she was supposed to be raised by them but i can't prove it because again different dog never explained so they run all over Oklahoma during this day. They drive around on all these. They drive in like a drainage ditch. The storm comes and they hold on to a like a round pole under a little bridge over the drainage ditch. The truck gets picked up and taken away. And they're fine because they just held on real tight and they were under a bridge. So it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The truck gets picked up and flipped over and thrown back like hundreds of feet away on the road. This is her truck. Yes, her yeah. truck. They also drive all over Oklahoma on these like single lane roads, but for some reason they're driving in big like caravans, right? So there's four or five matching trucks in a row for the the good team or not the good team, the, the evil guys, the big black trucks yeah. that all match. They have the and money for matching like, trucks. You know, a station wagon, an old school bus, mm-hmm. and a couple trucks that are um, on the good guys team. So they drive on these roads. And in Oklahoma, I guess, and is it Sweden and Japan and England, they drive on the right side of the road? I don't know. Because there's a couple scenes where all the black trucks are lined up on this little single lane road far on the right side, just so that the other guys can like catch them and drive past them in a big line. Mm-hmm. Like these people don't understand that you can just pull in the middle of the road and then nobody can go by you. Yeah. They do that like three or four times in the movie. It's a major thing where they like pull up next to each other and then turn different directions because they know mm-hmm. like and Bill almost Paxton run each other off the road and sense mm-hmm. where the storm's gonna go uh-huh he has instincts yeah man it's stupid He's a i mean natural. listen listen there's not that much more to say about this movie um because it that's all it is it's it's storm chasing and yeah. big storms and all the things that you think are gonna happen happen so they go see aunt meg and then they leave. Of course, the tornado rips through Wakita and destroys Aunt Meg's house. So they have to go back, save Aunt Meg. As soon as they get her out of the house, the house collapses. House collapses, yes. Um, but it was good because they're worried the whole time. They've burned through like three of these Dorothys and the sensors didn't get picked up. But Aunt Meg is a sculptor. She makes kinetic sculptures. Uh-huh. And Joe is looking at her sculptures right after they save 
Aunt oh, May. yes. It's just like a, it was just like an Independence Day moment with Jeff Goldblum where it's like, did you say cold? That's it. <laughs> a virus, yeah. Like she's looking so, at this, that, this sculpture again, and she's like. Aunt Meg's house was completely demolished and destroyed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The sculptures around it, which are made to catch the wind out mm-hmm. of metal and warn and her spin, of, of storms. They are fine and still functioning all around the house. Mm-hmm. So they inspire Joe. We just need to put, we need to cut up a bunch of Coke cans and attach them to the balls and make little wings for them, little helicopter things, little rotors, and that'll work. Basically make him a little bit heavier and more aerodynamic. But I do want to talk about one scene right before they go to Wakita. Do you remember where they are? Yes. Oh, yes. They're at the drive-in movie. It's fucking great. And they're watching The Shining. The Shining is what is playing. Yeah, and actually, they're not no. watching it. They didn't go like, see, let's go see a movie. Okay, they're just, yeah, it's but, like a pit stop But thing. they show it in the background. And it actually is, in my opinion, the best it's pretty great scene in the movie because the way they line up what's happening in The Shining with the storm uh, and just the terror of their situation is really cool. Yeah, uh, so like the, legitimately cool. The tornado rips through the screen, literally rips the screen apart as Jack is putting an axe through the door. Yeah, he's, and then sticks yeah. his face through. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that great. scene. Everyone knows that scene where he's like, "Here's he Johnny." Here's Johnny. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah. For some reason, I was going to say, I'm back. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> so then, uh, to wrap up the movie, there's a big action scene where they have they have two more Dorothys left. They load them up. They drive toward this huge F5. And, oh, we forgot to mention how um, tornadoes also growl. Oh, my God. They Thank you for mentioning that. I have that in my notes. Big, like bear sounds they growl like monsters like they really it it reminded me of lost you know the smoke monster yeah that's just smoke but it makes these but that was more like a mechanical sound no i know it's not the same sound it's just i don't know this is like a very it's just a growl they just took a growl sound effect and played it over and over whenever the big storm was there just the f5 i actually thought it was going to be something supernatural at first because of that because of that sound i was like ooh, there's like this is actually some sort of monster. Yeah, and the first scene, there's some like there's lightning and stuff too, and there's some weird uh, like and spectral, a bunch of blue like, lens lines reflections that just flash across the screen that are really weird. Yeah, so Jen was like, "What is this? Like Ghost Twister or something?" It was very strange. Cow. Yeah, so she just says cow at one point. It's so funny. She says cow. It's super funny. Here's a question for you, Micah: Is this movie a disaster movie? Wait, okay, so here's, the... <laughs> this is the thing that happened with my notes. Okay. <laughs> I had this great question that I was like, this is a really good question. I can't wait to talk about this. Oh, boy. Here's what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote, is it a disaster movie or a disaster movie? Okay. But what I meant to write was romance. Is it hmm. a disaster movie or a romance? Yeah, it's both, Jen. No, you can't be both. Because disasters no, bring people together. Pick a genre. There has to be a love interest and there has to be a rival. There absolutely does not. In there a does movie, not. name a movie without a love interest or a rival or a tornado. Name one movie. The Big Lebowski. No tornadoes. Well, every movie has a rival Lots of, of some sort. There's always a conflict. That's stupid. I'm just saying it, I... Like this movie doesn't need the the love interest story. It actually, to me, I like a love story. Don't get me wrong, and I like that they got back together and all that. But like, it also it took away from it a little bit for me in this one. Like, why you wanted more like weather jargon and weather nerdery? So let's talk about the big action sequence at the end that brings them together. Um, well, they've already been brought together. Yeah, there's a there's a moment. When a big storm is coming and they get in a fight, like Joe. So Joe basically has a death wish. She's like blinded and she's drawn to these things because her dad was taken. And so she's running towards them all the time and people or have her to uncle. stop her. Daddy, daddy. Yeah, we don't More know. likely. Some guy that she knew when she was a kid died and it was traumatic for her. So 
She's always running towards the storm, and Bill Paxton grabs her. They're out. They all have CBs in their trucks, and apparently they just leave the line open all the time. Oh, um, my God. So stupid. So they get in fights constantly, and everybody has to hear it. Um, oh, my God. Why? At one point, he runs after her. They're away from the truck. They're like 30 feet from the fucking truck in the middle of a tornado, mm-hmm. screaming at each other, and he yells at her. When's it going to be enough, huh? How close do you have to get? Talk to me. Joe, things go wrong. You can't explain it. You can't predict it. Killing yourself won't bring your dad back. I'm sorry he died, but it was a long time ago. You gotta move on. I think he says her he dad. He doesn't say it, dad. It, yes, no, he, he does. doesn't. He yes, says he does. he's never gonna bring him back. Killing yourself won't bring your dad back. Okay. Maybe. Hmm, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> real. I don't feel like certain about that, but. You're dead. Okay. So anyway, the point is they're Shit, screaming. Does he say you're dead? And Melissa, his fiance, hears him say. Stop living in the past and look at what you got right in front of you. What are you saying? Me, Joe. So he's clearly still in love with her. And the CB picks up their conversation and broadcasts it to the whole team so Melissa can hear it somehow. I don't know how that worked. Listen, um, I don't know about any of that, but I do know that I like Helen Hunt. She's great. And Bill Paxton is just as annoying as always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's always the same guy. He's always, uh, I don't know, like his his directives. He gives a lot of directives in this movie, and they're all like, "Look out! Yeah, hurry, careful." And it's like, yeah, they know, right? You fucking. They keep knob. as they're driving through things. They keep announcing that they're seeing debris, and it's like a tree hit them. A tree just landed on their windshield, and they're like debris, or there's like a boat flying by, and they're yeah. like debris. No, but he gives directive. It's yeah. always him. It's always him mansplaining. Yeah, not it's not mansplaining, but it's like the dude trying to protect the ladies, you know. And he's like saying really obvious shit, exactly. Yeah. And it's so irritating. And I I don't think they did it intentionally to make any kind of statement about how dudes do this kind of thing. That's what's the most irritating. So. The final scene, just it's one of those perfect action movie scenes where everything keeps ramping up and escalating. And every time they think they have something solved, it goes wrong. Um, so they're trying to launch these Dorothys. They drop one in the middle of the road and they turn around and start driving away. But a tree gets picked up by the oncoming tornado and hits the Dorothy and spills all the balls all over Again. the road. So, Spilled balls. The tree then comes and gets wedged under the truck. So the truck is uh-huh, up and they yeah. can't drive over it. They're right. stuck. And, and here the comes the tornado. Tornado's coming. Uh-huh. And then a semi-tanker, like a oh trailer, God, yes. semi-trailer with a huge tanker, which luckily is labeled petroleum in huge letters on the front <laughs> as it flies toward them. <laughs> it flies right at At least them, it makes sense when it blows up. Gets lifted up and just nudges the truck enough to knock it off the tree so that they can drive away. It flies over in front of them, lands uh-huh. in front of the road, and explodes. Yeah. And they drive they through. They drive directly through the explosion. Yeah. And come out unscathed on the other side. There's Which no burn mark could, on the truck. You could drive through a ball of gas exploding, possibly if you're going fast enough and be just fine. But I there mean, would be okay. some debris in there. Like you would hit the truck that just blew up. So they drive through it. They're fine. Yeah. But guess what? It's not over. Mm-hmm. Carrie Elwes shows up with his crew. Yeah. And they drive toward the storm. Sorry, the cats are... Are you kidding me? This is an intermission. Micah went up to deal with the cat. This is... An intermission. Mike is gonna deal with that. Here he comes. He's coming down the stairs right now. He's about to walk back into here. He's coming in and there's Mike. He's back and intermission is over. 
All right. Thank you. So Carrie Ellis and his crew are heading toward the storm, and they call him on the CB because they know now that the balls, or cubes in his case, are too light to get picked up by the, the tornado. So they tell him, they try to tell him, like, you have to anchor it somehow, or you have to do something, and he ignores them, and he says, When I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Oh, yeah. To his driver, because his <laughs> yeah. driver's like, I think we should listen to him, because they also say, get out of there, it's coming toward you. Get out of there, that's another directive. Right happens after a lot. that happens, this huge beam, like this big metal beam thing comes flying through the windshield and kills the driver and then the truck gets picked up yeah spun around thrown out the other side of the tornado and explodes so carrie elvis is dead yeah but there is a part that we didn't touch on which is the fact that he was closer to the storm or something so helen hunt and bill paxton joe and bill are too far away at one point, because they went the wrong way or something. I don't know. Well, but... the storms move. And so they're like, well, he has a chance to get it. Exactly. And so, so they decided to try to help him yeah. because, you know, they hesitated because they don't want him to take credit for their work. But they also, what's most important to them, because they're in it for the science. Right. They want and the not data. the money. Mm-hmm. They want this experiment to succeed so that fewer people will die of tornado death and so uh they do try to help him but he ignores them he ignores that and, and that's he ignores why their he warning. dies yeah yeah um so then the tornado shifts and goes because he deserves to die so then the tornado goes through a tractor dealership <laughs> which is nice because then it's able to pick up all the tractors and throw them down on the road um, around the truck and they're able to dodge the tractors and they just keep saying tractor 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 and swerving back and forth. So that's pretty cool. And then um, they a house rolls into the road, like a tumbleweed. A house is rolling. Right. It stops on the road, and they just drive through it. Oh, that's right. He's like, looks like we're going through. Yeah. And it's like they drive up the staircase, but it's, it's more like they drive over the staircase because it's like on its side, sort of. And they come blasting out the other side, and Bill Paxton says, maybe we should get off of this road. Oh, my God. I lost it. I wrote that down. I wrote, maybe we should get off this road. And then I wrote, the jokes, in all caps. And that was my last note that I took. <laughs> because it was great. Uh, so they turn into a cornfield, drive straight into a cornfield. Joe gets out and like gets Dorothy ready, turns all the sensors on and everything. And then they put on cruise control and they ghost ride the whip and just let it go. They both roll <laughs> That's out. That's right, yeah. And they it drives straight into smart, the storm. Smart. And it works. Yeah. The tornado picks up all the little balls. It's very satisfying. And yeah, they so... get a ton of data and the team <laughs> is looking at it and their mind is fucking blown and finally, finally humanity knows that a tornado is like it's <laughs> like how do you describe it, Jen? It's like a cone shape that's twisting around. It's like spinning <laughs> up and they all go in a big yeah. cone. This is the other big, this is probably the biggest problem with the movie, actually, even more than the ant thing, is that it doesn't make sense what they're trying to figure out. It makes perfect sense, Jen. They're now trying... that we know it's a cone, we can detect them earlier. They're trying, <laughs> they're trying to come up with a an early warning system. Mm-hmm. And so I don't understand, I, I truly don't get what, what the first they're step getting. is knowing what shape it is. For years, people I mean, were looking at like, tornadoes okay, and were like, what is that ellipse in the sky? You're being hilarious. But What's the, the square doing? The thing is The that, square of wind. How do we detect it? I don't know. I can't even tell what shape it is. You let me know when you're done with your thing. I can't with this movie. What the fuck? <laughs> you guys, we're getting so much data. It looks... Like a tornado. Cool. Listen, they clearly know the shape of a tornado, so there must be, there's something else that they're gathering. They just didn't explain it very well. It's got to be like temperature and velocity and, They can get all the fucking know, data they want, but how like is that? it going to help them detect it I don't know. And that's earlier. my point, is that they didn't explain that part very well at all. And maybe that was another part that was kind of cut or, you know, cut down. No, you don't have to cut something that doesn't exist. And never existed, and they didn't bother thinking of as they were writing the movie. Yeah, well, whatever. 
Again, it's a disaster. It's a fun summer disaster movie. Yeah, but it's not over because the tornado then turns and chases them to a barn. They run to this farmhouse. There's a big barn. They go in the barn. There's no storm cellar they can see. So they go to the barn and they get in there and it's just, it's like a fucking murderer barn. All the sharp implements right. that you could ever use they're in like, a barn who are, are these hanging people? there. And they're like, no, get out of here. So they run to another place. They run to a shed and they run past some horses in a pasture, Jen. They go into the shed. They find these like belt things. They wrap themselves around these pipes that go down. It's probably like a pump house or something for the well. Mm-hmm. These pipes go down at least 30 feet, he said. So they wrap themselves around that and they get sucked up. The little shed gets like taken apart around them, but everything just goes yep. straight up. Mm-hmm. So they're safe. Mm-hmm. And they get sucked up feet first because they're yeah. tied to this thing. And they look straight up into the eye of the tornado. Yeah. And it's amazing. And then they get dropped down and they're still tied to the pipes and the horses run by. Horses are so fine. you're saying why didn't the horses get picked up? Cows are fucked in tornadoes. Cow. Trucks are not fucked. Horses are not fucked. That's a lot what I of trucks are fucked and some horses Only too. certain horses or, or only certain trucks. Maybe only certain horses. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway. They probably know all this now because they know the shape of the tornado. So they can tell why horses. Okay, so that's are safe. it. That's that's Twister. Where it's um Well then it, they it's kiss. Fun. They get what well, we already said, they get back together. Like, who cares? Uh, they survive all the storm chasing, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's a pervert. <laughs> Come on. And, um, that's pretty much it. Yep. I was thinking about whether there were any natural disasters that I, uh, survived in Montana. Not a lot of tornadoes in Montana, I'm guessing? Not a lot of tornadoes, but a lot of snowstorms is the only thing I can think of. And uh, Like blizzardy type storms? I mean, no, not really. I don't remember anything crazy, but like it got crazy cold. I can tell you that. And they made us go camping still. One time it was negative 20 degrees and we had to go camping and we didn't leave till nighttime. And I, I can't tell you why I don't remember. Probably because... They decided during the day that day that we were that the group was fucked up, and of so course. we needed to go on a, some sort of trip. Can I ask, just to clarify, for people that don't live in places where you get negative temperatures very often, like me, for example? Sure. Um, negative twenty degrees. No, it's hard to get your head around. Is fifty-two degrees below freezing? That is correct, and it's very hard to. Um, even comprehend that it's hard for me to comprehend it now uh i know that as we skied to our camp place we skied uphill with backpacks at night both ways (laughs) haha and uh i know that our snot was frozen like immediately or like any 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 liquid is immediately frozen so your nose is running If your nose is running, you wipe your nose on your sleeve and then you have frozen snot on your sleeve immediately. That kind of thing. That happens in like just below freezing though. I know. So I don't know. I don't know how to. Like negative 20 is so fucking cold. I can't describe to you what the difference is except that like I was like we couldn't stay warm. Like when we got to our campsite, they made us do group still. So we had to stand around. So someone had to make a fire. And like run in place while you're well, doing group? Well, I, me and a few other people ran in place on our toes because our toe, I, I still think I have damage to my toes from those kind of experiences, I think. Um, but yeah, we would run on our toes and we sang running through the desert, the desert, the desert, running through the desert and our toes are burning. No, my toes are burning. And so I went running through the desert, the desert, the desert, running through the desert and desert, not desert. (laughs) And my toes are burning. Anyway. Although your lips were probably frozen too. So you probably said a lot of funny things. Who knows? I don't know. But it did help. Like did it? trying to well, yeah. I mean you have Psyching to psyching yourself out. At that point you have to rely on like your mind's the power of your mind and yeah. imagination and picturing yourself in a very hot desert, oddly, you know, it helps. I mean, probably what was happening is I was freezing to death and my body was shutting down. Uh that's I think that's what I would have done. I mean, I know that I would have been brainwashed. What, you would have frozen to death? I would have just laid down and been like, fuck it, this is it for me. No, you That's wouldn't. It's so fucking cold. It's really cold. 
We put hot water in our water bottles and we put them at our feet in our sleeping bags and we slept in all our warmest clothes. And uh, that's it. That's how we dealt with that. So I recently went camping over spring break where it hailed and it got (laughs) down into the 50s above (laughs) freezing the 50s, not... Not I, negative fifty, yeah, but I not almost, negative twenty, fifty below, fifty degrees. I almost and think I that, didn't sleep well because yeah. and I had a, a sleeping bag that goes down to zero degrees. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good sleeping bag. And I had clothes on and a hat. You were cold. And one night I didn't have my hat and my little bald head was sticking out of my <laughs> sleeping thing. bag and I didn't sleep very well. Yeah. So I think ne- like negative twenty degrees below zero or uh-huh. negative twenty. I'd you I, wouldn't do well. No, I would have just laid you're down a poor and been like, little, I'm dead now. You're a poor little... Just leave me here. Little baby. Yes. No, I mean, I actually think... Because we did also camp in the rain. Like, I remember a rainstorm that we had to set up our tents in. And, like, there was no way around getting puddles of rain in the tent. And then we just stayed in the tent until it stopped pouring because there was nowhere for us to go. Yeah. And then you're just wet all the time. And then we're just wet all the time. And I actually think that's worse than snow. Uh, snow, you could get hypothermic and you could get frostbite, but it's it's really not. A, I don't know. I I it's not as bad somehow. I mean, I don't know. Negative twenty is bad, bad. But well, the snow can insulate you to a certain degree too. And when you're wet, yeah. And when you freeze, cold, as but... you freeze to death, it's actually a pleasant experience. And that's the thing. You know, when it's raining, you're not going to freeze to death. You're just going to get super fucking uncomfortably cold. When it's negative 20, you might actually freeze to death. And it's, I've heard, a pleasant way to die. So. Yeah, I think it's, it feels pleasant though, because your body, your brain just tells you that you're feeling warm and it's not because the snow's keeping you warm. No, I know that. Yeah, but still, I would like to freeze to death if I'm going to die, you know, in some like weird, like outdoor adventure sort of way i'd like to freeze to death please okay and so on that note thank you so much for listening to us again babble on about a uh, summer blockbuster from 1996 this was 1996 yeah, 96, yeah. yeah yeah and let us know if you have any um suggestions or uh other blockbusters that you'd like us to cover or if you have any plumbing problems um let us know, I guess. No, don't. Because or if you're you have never, any clue, you're not in that much of a hurry. If you have any idea what the fuck yeah, that meant. Yeah, please, somebody tell us. So, I don't know how many more summer blockbusters we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to do this all summer all long, because that's I a think. lot. We are, we, we're going to do True Lies, and we're going to do Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, those are on the Those docket. are the two that we know we're going to do still. Those might be the last two, uh, unless we hear from anybody. But then, you know, we do... But then we have some other good stuff coming up. We cover a lot of stuff between 94 and 96, and we often do movies. And, you know, what's the definition of a summer blockbuster anyway? If it came out in the summer, does that count? Well, that's what I said. And you were like, no, that's not a blockbuster. I was like, what about Cable Guy? You're like, that's not a blockbuster. I think the Cable Guy one is tricky because it was a flop. So okay, it, right. It so that's maybe be, not a blockbuster. It could but, be a summer blockbuster, but it didn't turn out. But that anything way. that's not an action movie, you're like, no, that I doesn't was just, count. Yeah, I was just thinking action for these. Um, but we might squeeze in some others. We'll see. And that's what she said. And here we go, the end of the show. Thank you so much again for listening. We do appreciate it, and we love you so much. Thank you to um, all of our patrons and everyone. And to that- everyone there listening listens if, and if, if anyone's listening comments on facebook and on twitter yeah and for keeping that wiki up you know it's really nice we got all those stats <sighs> thank you so much uh and thank you to grandma cray for our artwork thank you to fifi folios for our internet stuff thanks to minus violet for our music until next time see, see you in the, in the 90s. 90s the suck zone it's the point basically at which the twister sucks you up. You know, it's not that technical term for it, obviously, but...